Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the show, visit us at patreon.com. And for as little as $1 a month, you can become a patron. Or you can buy cool Lorehammer products like shirts, coffee mugs, and dice bags at www.redbubble.com. Don't want to spend any money? Well, you can help out the show by giving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also hop on over to Facebook and like our page, and feel free to send us a message. It's the only enjoyment Mark gets out of his miserable life. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. Hey, I'm back. Survived. And I did not like what you did in the last episode, Eric. You didn't have to. You weren't there. So <laughs> uh, This is our uh, bonus episode that we're doing for everyone. Uh, bonus episode 10. And joining us today is Colin. 10 is an excellent number. Can I tell you about the significance <laughs> of the number Absolutely 10? Absolutely oh, not. Oh, God. It's one and then a zero. Okay? We fell into the trap. It comes after nine and before <laughs> 11. Uh-huh. The, the Roman numeral. Oh, my X God. It also. separates nine, 11. <laughs> oh Lizard men. Oh, no. Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Colin. Uh, obviously, everyone knows Colin. He's uh, been on a lot of our Mechanicus episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and today is kind of an episode all about him. Mm. It's a weird uh, deep dive. It's, we're not going to learn a lot about my backstory or my personal Your origin lore. story. My origin story. Well, <laughs> as a young boy. No, we go back <laughs> earlier. When Colin's mother and Colin's father. So thank you for having me. Uh, so what we're going to be doing is uh, we're going to be talking about a project that I've been working on um, really in the last uh, month. And what this is, is it's uh, Cold Open Stories. It's an anthology uh, audio drama project where what we're doing is every month or so, we are writing a script uh, set in the uh, universe of Warhammer 40,000. What we then do is put it out to the listenership, at which point you then audition and you get to play the roles of the different characters. And so something something fun, I like to think it's pretty unique, and it's a great way to build community and and bring people together. Yeah, that's the one thing I really like. So you're going to hear a bunch of different voices when we're listening to this. And this is just random people that have found out through either Lorehammer or your own personal life or whatever. Yeah. Uh, those, uh, we put out the casting call on social media. So the yeah. best way to find us is going to be on uh, Instagram or on Twitter. Uh, those are uh, Facebook as well. The main platforms at cold open stories. Yeah. And um, you're going to hear a bunch of different voices. You're also going to hear music from uh, Robert uh, Renato hack. He is the composer. For oh these. yes, of course. Uh, he's, he, you will know him online. His account is uh, officio audiorum and he does yeah. a lot of 40 K. Uh, Eric's giving a- me this look like I don't, know who that is no no no. it's not that it was just it sounded like one of those like of course of course of course (laughs) of course we know him (laughs) so uh we've got uh we've got two stories here today two short audio dramas uh the first is called the echo of satellite 66b and the other is called, uh, and that's a, a bit of a, a thriller, a bit of a, a mystery suspense. Uh, and then we also have March for Mars, which is our uh, action adventure military uh, story and big robots <laughs> squishing tyranids. Ah, so, your favorite. Uh, the uh, sound effects of that. How did you get that squishing sound? You went outside. That repeated squishing, like. 
I was going to say that he went outside, took a microphone, put it on the ground, waited for a cockroach to come nearby and then just stepped on it. Oh, no. Slowly. Slowly. Of course. You can hear the juices oozing out of it. It's eyeball pops. The the sound design has been a really interesting... Do cockroaches have eyeballs? Of course they have eyeballs. Yeah. Are they balls? They're eyeballs? They have like lenticular lenses of like... It's like a fly, right? Sure. Someone write in and correct. I actually don't know. I don't know. Huh. It doesn't matter. Mm. This is a podcast. Cockroaches about don't even exist. Have Warham. you ever Warham. seen They'll a cockroach? Re- I have. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Well, maybe clean your house, I guess. <laughs> we'll find cockroaches. Why are you assuming it was in my house? Oh <laughs> Probably wasn't. Because I've been everywhere you've been. Derailed. <laughs> uh, sound design's been interesting uh, for this. Uh, so what we did is um, there's two forms. We have either digital sound design, uh, where uh, Robert and myself have worked on putting together uh, different sound effects that you'll hear. Um, and then we also have Foley, which is the equivalent of me standing in a enclosed room, smacking shoes together, holding a tin box, shaking it around. So it's, we're trying to give a lot more production value than to say, hey, we're just doing a reading of, of something. We want to feel a little bit more lived in, a little bit more uh, dramatic. Yeah. And the, I got this great cough right now if you want a soundbite of that real quick. Let me hand over the microphone. Don't <laughs> cough directly into it. Okay. Just in case it comes up. Here we go. Let's, let's get it, Mark. <laughs> oh my god right into the mic so i think that'll be perfect for uh, some sort of nurgly sound effect. yes yes yeah. people in the trenches i'm trying to help you as best war. i can i appreciate it thank you so and and thank you eric and thank you listeners for for tuning into this uh, bonus episode of uh, cold open stories and the two uh, two tales that we have for you today okay uh well i guess let's get right into it and listen to our first one Listen carefully. Despite what you might have heard about there being no sound in space, that's not entirely true. Turns out, even without oxygen, all that emptiness between the stars can carry a pretty good tune. Now I'll come clean. They aren't sounds. Not technically. They're electromagnetic vibrations. At first they can sound like white noise, but after a while you start to pick up patterns. That's what I do. I'm a naval echographer. Rather than recording people, I decipher spaceborne acoustics. High piercing crackle? That's probably a magnetic field from a gas giant. Static radio that breathes in and out? That's the runoff of a cloudy atmosphere. When you're an echographer, you listen, hoping to pick up any hint of disaster before it's too late. But eventually, something slips through. Naval intelligence has placed the system on high alert as... Debris from the shipyard falling from orbit and impacting the city. It was because of our lack of faith we did not give our spiritual tithe to... Elder Corsair spotted on the fringes of the system, although some cults are claiming responsibility, such as... The cult of the severed veins launched our successful attack at... The dry docks over Avis Four, where we, the priests of blight, brought the Imperium to its knees. It all started with the Urathian, 
an Imperial Navy Exorcist-class Grand Cruiser when it went cataclysmic while docked over Ivis IV. Its explosion vaporized 44,000 people aboard instantly, and echographers heard its death rattle across the system. I was two worlds away, and it was like someone set off a firecracker in my ear. When a Grand Cruiser blows up, it's a big deal. We're talking about a ship over 7 kilometers in length, 37 megatons of steel and hate. And these are mean ships. They're meant for outpost assaults and search and destroy missions, so they're carrying all sorts of ballistics. They're the workhorses of the Imperial Navy, so when one goes boom, everything on it, in it, and around it, well, they go boom too. Obvious to say, but the whole shipyard it was docked at was destroyed. In the chaos that followed, another 64,000 people were killed in orbit and 112,000 crushed by the debris falling out of the atmosphere. Now, if there's one thing we humans are good at, it's getting whipped into a fury. The Imperial Navy took their classic shoot first, ask questions later approach and prepared to go on a tear across the sector, destroying every enemy holding they knew about. I was almost ready to go until... They're calling for an investigation. It was Gregory Lepar, my lieutenant and commissioned officer. The request came from high up. They want an official report to stop all speculation. Small team. It was only a few days after the explosion, and conspiracy theories were rampant about what blew up the Urathian. Some people were assuming it was a stealth Xenos attack, and others believed it was some coordinated strike from numerous cults taking responsibility. Claiming to be the doom of the Imperium? It's a competitive market. Okay, I mean, that makes sense, but how? All the visual arrays were blown to bits. Long-range acoustics were still receiving. Central said to check all eyes and ears. Thought of you right away. Figured you'd understand what's what. That's perfect. Uh, where am I headed? I'll set you up on a watchtower. You do all the records you need to carry out the detective work. Uh, Gregory, sir, I feel I'd be more useful off-world. Maybe aboard a cruiser, or... We have enough fox quarters. Right, but echographers are different. You're going to get yourself wrapped up in a fight? Listen, if you stay put here... Right, but if I'm off-world, I could pick up signal arrays and maybe other interference. I know, but the assignment is not Whoa, what, what about an impact sonar array? I heard that the one on the Dauntless Will of St. Catherine, it, it was broken. I could get it back up and running. I've already submitted your transfer. Wait, sir, I could pick up the Vox. Listen carefully. As fun as this is, going back and forth with you interrupting me... This placement is happening whether you like it or not. I'm sorry. I know you wanted to see the stars, or hear them, whatever. But this is bigger than you. Frankly, you can do your job just as well from a watchtower. You could track down what you need from there, alright? Good hunting. <laughs> Good hunting. The transfer was immediate, and I was stationed far from active duty doing forensics in space. I was relegated to a watchtower to pour over mundane ship communications, shortwave transmissions, and ambience of those stupid neon docking signs. My world, like every other world in the Imperium, had a tithe of soldiers to commit to the war effort. I was the one man trying to get off-world who seemed like he was never going to do it! So I sat back and did what I was told. No. 
No. Finding an answer was like trying to find a needle in a stack of needles. For weeks I lived in the past, combing through recorded logs for some clue. Every receiver in range was either malfunctioning or destroyed. I couldn't even stitch together fragments. I lived in a world of jumbled noise. Jammers, broadcast stations, bursts of static. Patience is a virtue for echographers, but even we have limits. No. But do you validate parking? No, I do not. I'm going to be here for the rest of my life. The explosion seemed to come out of nowhere. Truly nowhere. No build-up, no preemptive rumblings. I turned off the recordings and just listened to the solar winds rushing by. Listening to these sounds can be kind of eerie, but I don't mind. I always imagined myself traveling and recording new acoustics for the Navy. It's like listening to a cloud. My recordings give it shape. It's also exhausting. And, and after a few hours, you just need rest for a few minutes. something out of a dream. In my sleep, I must have knocked my antenna towards the wreckage of the Urathian. Hello? Is there anyone out there? Hello? Ah! Shit! Ah. Ah, Gregory, sir, what's the word from the front? Crowded. It's turning into a full crusade. The admirals have sequestered the neighboring fleets. Uh, yeah, I heard. It's insane. Did you hear the Astartes are on their way? Space Marines? In the flesh. Haven't seen one yet, mind you, but soon. Lucky you. Hey, every little bit helps. So how are you? How's the investigation? Well, to be honest, it's been a bit of a slog. You got the recording logs I asked them to send you? Yeah, um, just noise. But I... I might have found... something. Are you pausing for dramatic effect? Sorry, it's just... an echo. An echo. I found something moving in the Urathian's wreckage. So you've got a lead. That's good. Which log? No, it wasn't a log. It was, um... It was live. That's, that's not a thing. It's active. I can hear it correcting its orbit. It's not in any of the resource logs, though. From the drag, it might be a satellite or a relay. And it survived the blast? Well, I, I guess. The blast. 
The one that punched a hole in the atmosphere. Yeah, that's what I thought. Stick to the logs. Don't go causing any problems for me, alright? Wouldn't have been a problem if you took me with you. No shit. Hey, I'm trying to keep you out of harm's way. Astartes or not, this war isn't for you. You get that, right? It will eat you up. Alright, um, good. Uh, is there anything else? Yeah. Could you just call naval intelligence? No. I just need to know no what way. this is. I have a reputation. I'm not asking my bosses whether they're doing their jobs right. And you're not calling them either. Understood? Under no circumstances are you calling naval intelligence. Say it. Under no circumstance will I call naval intelligence. Stuck on the watchtower with no clues? I pulled the only option I had left. I had to hear what killed the Urathian. Office of Naval Intelligence. Hello, this is uh, Gregory Lepar, EGH-1123. I just had to hope that nobody recognized his voice. I wanted to inquire about a anomaly that I'm picking up. I'm opening a report now. Um, I have a, a echographer doing a back check on the attack of the Grand Cruiser Urathian. Uh, he picked something up, but I don't have access to it in my logs. I'm wondering if it might be one of yours? Uh, grid 66B. That satellite has been listed as decommissioned? I knew it! There was something in the log. Uh, excellent. Uh, how long ago was that? I don't have any clearance for that request. But you see it. You just don't know if it's working. That satellite has been listed as decommissioned. Look, I have some Astartes who are asking about this thing, and they don't like to be kept waiting. If you'd rather talk to them, I can patch them through. <sighs> Looks here like it was a Kha'Zix pattern satellite. Old reliables. The gates to Holy Terra open before me. I'm getting exactly what I want. That brand picks up signals great, but they're old. No bells or whistles. So it could have survived the blast. Could you patch me in? Easily. But they only have one feed in. Uplink can't handle it. Guess I'll have to get to it manually. I'll close this report. What's your ID number again? Uh, you're, you're breaking up. Uh, good hunting. I'd found it. The smoking gun of what destroyed the Urathian. Satellite 66B. I wait a few hours for Gregory to come back into range and try to give him a call with the good news. Gregory. Hello. Oh. Sorry, I... I think the I think the line was crossed. I'm looking for Gregory Lapar, um, commissioned officer. Lieutenant Lapar is unavailable. Oh. Okay. Well, do you know when he'll be back in range? He's in a meeting right now. A meeting. All right. Well. I leave my station and put down roots in the mess hall of the watchtower. Outside the windows, I can see the mess of rubble from the Urathian's graveyard. Months later and we're still cleaning up what was left of the shipyard. It's quiet. No traffic to or from. My imagination wanders and I begin to see it as a bit of a mausoleum. I imagine moisture collecting on the inside of its steel carcasses. Ice building on the frozen ceiling and decks. On the bones and human remains. Quite the view. 
the stranger takes a seat across from me. His face is like a moon, pale. His features are foggy. Do you hear anything? Huh? Out there. Have you heard anything? No, no. I heard that they were going to start cleanup next month. <laughs> That's wishful thinking. There's a lot to clean up. Hmm. The way I see it, the road to victory is under construction. He pulls his cape around him like he's covering himself from some unseen wind. What's that pin? This? Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm an echographer. What are you doing here? My duty. An investigation. Ah, naval intelligence? Higher. <laughs> Should I be saluting you right now? No, no, my branch is discreet. But I appreciate the offer. I glance up at the man in black, and his features are like smoke. His cape is loose-fitting, and I look for a badge or commendation. Nothing. I heard some rumors about the wreckage. Everyone has heard the rumors. Traitorous cults? Probably. I've heard it might have been something else. Yeah, well, there's certainly enough blame going around. I'd never condemn a man for his speculation. I felt myself compelled to tell him. Whoever blew up the Urathian went out of their way to cover it up. They hijacked the only listening satellite I could find. I think someone inside the Imperium is behind this. Dangerous line of thinking. I stopped myself from talking. Something about the man was hypnotizing. I, I just mean, whoever did it could still be out there. We should find them, right? We could. Their actions could be seen as treasonous or merciful. You know, your ears could be an asset. Sorry, who are you with exactly? Because I know that if you want something from me, you're going to have to go through my CEO. I'm a listener, much like yourself. My family was higher stock, I mean no offense. They had great plans for me. Told me to stop listening to the stars and to bury my nose in the grimoires. There were a great many things I needed to know for the tasks ahead. Threats within. Without. But my curiosity was an asset. An inquisitive mind and all that. Holy shit. Inquisitor. Secret police. Inquisitive? Yes. You already know who blew up the Urathian. He is close to me. He is my quarry. I remember his face better now. A rabid savagery in his features. Madness washed across it and I felt sucked into whatever crazed humanity filled his soul. It was a great loss what had to happen, but there are worse things than Xenos and heretics. <laughs> you have started to find this out. You can come with me and I show you, or you can find out on your own either way. Loose ends have a way of tying themselves up. I dropped everything and ran out of the watchtower. I had to be on the opposite side of the planet. I raced down to the loading dock and looked back and to see him standing at the end of the hall, the man, his pallid face staring back at me like a ghost. He looks at me and I can hear his voice echoing in my mind. Worse than Zeno. Listen carefully. Good hunting. Listen. Listen. 
Yeah. Where you can go I push myself through a group of people and hop into one of the bathtub-shaped space loaders. I close the <laughs> lid and start flipping every switch labeled D, hoping one is for disengage. It works! The loader is thrust out of the watchtower, spinning it over, and I look back, the watchtower. Huh? I'm drifting away and try to calm my heart from the inertia. My heart is beating out of my chest. Breathe in. Breathe out. I'm so dizzy. I. And like the darkness of space, everything goes black. The proximity sensor wakes me up. Where am I? I look around. There's wreckage everywhere. I've drifted into the Urathian's graveyard. Surrounding me is a maze of metal beams and ruined towers of ships. A road of debris weaves through the broken hulks and light from our distant star is peeking through the holes in what feels like an abandoned city. Mine is the only beating heart for miles. I try to call Greg using the loader's feeble equipment. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, they must have got him too. The sensor starts blinking. Something is moving, drifting through the cloud of wreckage towards me. I see it. A satellite. No bigger than a fridge. It looks rough, caked with burns. But on the side of it, clear as day, scorched in white paint, Satellite 66B. It drifts through the ruins, baiting me. The answers to the mystery are just within reach, and that knowledge is a lure. Is this fate? I pump my pedals into gear and my personal rowboat kicks forward with a few short bursts of ignition. I pull up alongside the satellite and move out my manipulator arm to turn the thing over. From the looks of it, the satellite was closer to the Urathian than I expected. The whole thing was licked with plasma marks. I manually tether and crack open the access panel. Inside, the data wafer is safe and sound, still flickering. I uplink through the loader's external port and give 66B a quick scan for files. No signs of rewrites or any trash. The recording inside hasn't been tampered with. It's the genuine article. I begin a boot up. The sound flickers on and it's static for a few minutes. I swallow. What was the deal with that Inquisitor? What did he say? I remember his eyes with a chill crawling up my spine. My head is still foggy. He knew what happened to the Arathian. He said something about Xenos and heretics and something else? I curl my lip and lean around my dashboard to look out the glass at the satellite's markings. A crackle in my headset. Alright, here it comes. I'm expecting a magnetic pulse or a wave front when... The hair 
on the back of my neck is standing on end, and all of the loader systems are fried. I'm in an eight-foot tin can with nowhere to run, trapped with 66B and what its sensors had picked up. I realized that whatever killed the Urathian wasn't an alien or a man. It was something else. Abyssal. Unthinkably large. The sound of a galaxy come alive. The Inquisitor had covered it up. He was right to. In the void of a hundred billion stars, I feel myself shrinking. I'm orbiting a planet with no propulsion, no way of calling for help. All I can hear is the echo of the recording. They're talking to me. It's all I can hear. Stop it. Stop it. I don't want to hear it. The sound is alive. All this time, the sound is alive. Listen carefully. Forget what you've heard about there being no sound in space. Right, ah. from one gnarly voice to my gnarly voice. <laughs> Who was that handsome devil? Uh, How'd you know he was handsome? Yeah, it was uh, an audio drama. Ah, well, the, the, the mental projection. Uh, no, <laughs> he had a, you had a storyboard. Ooh, I like yeah. the way that guy sounds. He must be so. Uh, so uh, Echo was actually our pilot. Uh, this was our idea of saying, well, what what tools do we have? What can we get away with in both in sound design and collecting a few people? Um, obviously, when you're starting out, you don't have all the resources or tools. So this really was a, a proof of concept. Yeah, for your first time doing anything like this, because you're not like in your day job you're not like a sound engineer or you're not anything like that no, no you're no. just yep no i'm i'm, 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 I'm me <laughs> no i'm i'm me but i i'm not a sound engineer I, yeah exactly so for your first time it's very very good um thank you i got a couple couple things i really like okay well, what did you like um so for me i like kind of the small details that are just like a throwaway line that don't have anything to do with the story like obviously the story's cool but it's like these small throwaway lines that like make it feel 40k and also kind of captures the themes of 40k like when the one guy's like oh the astartes might be coming like i might actually get to see one like that's such a small cool detail to me because it's you know people think that astartes are everywhere they're doing everything but you're lucky if you ever see one Mm -hmm. well or unlucky or unlucky yeah (laughs) i'd Um, go for unlucky so the the other the other detail that i really like too um it's just like from hearing that sound um how it literally drives the guy mad. Like, I don't think we give enough credit ever to, like, how... It's not like demons are scary. They just fuck with your brain. Like, mm-hmm. like Yeah, exposure to them will kill you. Yeah, it'll just mess with you. It's yeah. You could have the bravest guy ever, and, like, it's still gonna mess mess you up. Because it's not just, like... It, yeah, it's, 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 it's not just another monster. This it, is, exactly. like... Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's resonating on, like, a level beyond your reality. Yeah. No, but like I, I like all the little minor details that make it just feel 40k and yeah, that awesome. sometimes other people will overlook and I appreciate that. Oh, I appreciate that Thank you, kind of stuff. Thank you. But like obviously, yeah, like the story is very cool. Like it, um, 
I heard it way back when, uh, when it was only five minutes long or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it was, it, it's crazy how different it turned out to be. And I, no, I liked it. It was good. It's, it's the thing about like any, any writing experiment or yeah. any creative thing is that uh, much like the sounds that you hear going through, it's, it's going to take you on a journey. It's going to change. It's going to metamorphosize and yeah. become new, new things. Eventually though, you have to at some point say, I need to pump the brakes and just put it out into the world. And oh yeah. Other people actually digest and make of it. And also listen to that feedback and, and hear what people like and what they don't. Yeah. Um, I think that. For for myself, this is this was a, a proof of concept and yeah. saying, well, what do I know about 40k? But you know, I'm I'm not looking to do something terrible. No one goes out to say I'm going to make sure, a sure, crappy sure. product. Yeah. But I, I have to genuinely say, everyone, check out uh, uh, pistachio oh. ice cream. Oh. Q-tip, <laughs> Q-tip cast, you know, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think the thing that was really interesting about this as kind of a creative experiment was to say, look at something. What what do I think is cool about this small section of 40k? Um, what I really like is the idea of saying, you know, guardsmen, there's a lot of stories that I've, I've read and I've seen where it's the military personnel at the front, but what happens to the people who are those yeah. relay engineers, yeah, that, yeah. those code talkers, those Vox relays, I, I find those stories very interesting yeah, and no, it also exactly. works well for a setting of an audio drama for saying, well, let's, let's start to play with this and experiment because it's entirely a theater of the mind. Everything is imagined when you're dealing with sound. Yeah. Yeah. Like this did not inspire me to make a 40 K army. You know? No, but the it did inspire one. me for 40k in general. Like that's good. Yeah. Okay, that's um, good. Yeah, like but that. but yeah, I like that it isn't like this this predominant thing. Like it is this random thing that I've never thought about personally. Like when it comes to 40k, but it totally fits. Sure, it's an aspect of life that isn't given any thought in like the setting of 40k which is cool to see someone yeah. expand on it. Yeah, no, right? I, re- like, I really enjoyed that. Like aspect how would a cook too. act in 40K, <laughs> right? Like how would, like what is, a, what is the ruler of like a small district on a planet react when all of a sudden like um, the PDF is showing up because they say that there's a gene stealer cult here now, Yeah, right? Like that's like, you could get one aspect of the story. You could have shown the aspect of the Arathian actually blowing up and then the Inquisitor covering it up but instead yeah. you chose to take some random guy who just happens to be in the story yeah. and show it from his perspective yeah no i so really appreciate it's, that it's a cool thing to yeah. see from someone else's perspective yeah i think there's a lot of stories of that in 40k where you can you can follow the the astartes you can follow the inquisitor uh my own you know the things that interest and excite me uh, most are how do everyday people deal with the these consequences of the society this monolithic imperium that is unsympathetic mm-hmm. um, and also even um, the relationship that the narrator has with uh, Gregory is Gregory you know is the guy who he's an officer he has to go out and he has to 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 see into these missions but he also recognizes the narrator is not a you know how 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 well would he have tipped over to insanity on a war front? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. By the end of it, he still ends up hearing this demonic sound that you know shakes him to his core. But there's a lot of that. You know, you're not going to make it out here. And hu- humans going out into space and fighting these big galactic wars, I would argue, we're not really built for that. But <laughs> no, so, no. you know, oh, so like our bodies? No, not at all. Our bodies or our minds. We're yeah, weak. Just... We are weak, weak people. <laughs> so it takes a lot of force of will and a lot of technology to be able to get out there and mm. hold this giant rotting carcass of a uh, god emperor together yeah (laughs) so so, eric heresy did you have any thoughts um the music fit perfectly so the guy who the guy who did it like he does that professionally yeah robert okay uh, it's very obvious yes 
Like he picked up the tones like very well yeah. on our, uh, on the Lorehammer Instagram account. Uh, what we'll do is usually on a, a Sunday or Tuesday feature. He, he has two series. He has uh, battle drums, uh, which are all about these, these war, these raging songs and uh, Warhammer 40,000. And then he also has ambience of the far future. And so it's these uh, different little themes and, and nuggets from across 30 K to 40 K. Okay. So, yeah. And what was this Instagram again? Uh, Officio Audiorum. Yeah. yeah. If you look at our Instagram of Lorehammer, you'll normally see Colin post officio audiorum yeah. stuff. Yeah. He, he At the very least very on our story. Yeah. 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 No, it, the music is very well done. It fits very, very well. Um, I think the hardest thing about that story, listening to it is getting the difference of his narrative perspective, yes. switching straight over to his speech. It's a challenge so, and for audio dramas. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be the problem no matter what story you do. Right. Yeah. Like and, and you un- know unless you pick a different voice for the, his narrated mind. Do you not have a different speech voice in your but head? Which, than your which I think is I sound weird. more like George Clooney in my brain. Is that what we're <laughs> no, Right. Yeah. No. But uh, you know what? I think that's also a, just a testament I to sound like you in my brain. That's terrifying. <laughs> uh, I think that's also a testament to, to some of the actors we're going to hear coming out of future uh, cold open yeah. stories that we're going to have people who, have a much larger range than I do. I don't think it's a problem of you because it is like you are the main character in that story. That I'm not, I'm not saying is your problem. I'm saying that's a problem no matter who you get to do any storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. If the narrator is the person's perspective, as soon as you have the narrator go straight into their speech without prefacing it with anything, it just takes a second. There is arrow quotations. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mark, I saw you just literally doing air quotes this whole time. As an but audio drama, that, that's just, that is a very effective, Mark. It's just, that's, that's just an audio drama You thing, can hear the swish, right? swish of the fingers. I agree, though. Yeah. I agree that that is a challenge of the medium that we, we take a look at all of, like, recently there's kind of been a, I won't say it's a renaissance because there's only a peppering of a few. A renaissance. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's not like it existed before, but people, uh, like, go on YouTube. Look at how many 40K animatics or, like, CGI short films are being made. That was a lot of the inspiration of saying, I want to be a part of this discussion. I want yeah, to be yeah. able to use my imagination to, to be a part of the, these different stories. The thing yeah. is, a lot of those, like Astartes are badass. And some of the ones that we've seen, like the actual Astartes short film, or if we're talking about uh, Hell's Reach and watching. Oh, Ultramarines. Uh, <laughs> of course. The of movie. Course. Fantastic. Ultramarines, the movie. Looking at, looking at how they operate. Those are stories that I think that um, Games Workshop, as well as many other animators, are doing an excellent job telling. But with cold open stories, I'd like to be able to explore some of the more uh, smaller scope um, of, you know, what's it like to just be a regular person dealing with these unbelievable consequences like uh, with the um, with the assault on um, with the solar war books coming out right now. And when they finally get to the uh, to the throne of of the emperor and the vengeful spirit, spirit. you think that's happening in this series? No, no, no. That's the next. No, it's like that's the uh, yeah. Yeah. That's just the solar war. Then they actually have the siege of Terra. And that's going to be another 15 books. Then (laughs) they have the battle on. uh, It's all called the siege of Terra though, Mark. It's no, 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 but they're going to do another series. He's trying to convince you fair listener that they need another 10 books. (laughs) No, I'm saying enough is enough. Enough is enough. Put out some, anyway, (laughs) put out the definitive lines that happened in the flagship. One of my favorite pieces of art, though, was um, like go- when I was first getting into 40K, there was a piece of art of this guardsman just standing before. And it could have been Horus during the Siege of Terra. It could have been Abaddon. I don't remember. But it, uh, it was fan art of this one guardsman just standing up against. And I and Olean Pius. Yes. Uh, the guardsman who stands up, who may or may not have been retconned from <laughs> what my understanding is of the lore. Yeah. Uh, but I love that. I love the idea of 
just people dealing with these ridiculous and hey there's not going to yeah. be a chef story soon maybe i could uh, try to squeeze something <laughs> in no i'm just i'm just, the, it's just just dealing with the day to day of feeding like humans feeding humans humans yeah <laughs> you know what? it's why i keep going back to the uh to the, to the joke on the podcast about the farmer and the farmer's wife who's on the planet when he just moves planet to planet and bad stuff happens he's gonna show up eventually it's gotta oh, happen yeah. but farmer's wife. but uh so oh, so yeah like uh, echo satellite voice. 66b is a little bit more of a trying to find that narrative voice how to do uh, audio yeah. drama it's very narrative heavy it's yep. very a personal experience yep. of his so are you ready now for something that's a little bit more action-packed yeah, yeah absolutely i think that yeah first story great love it cool laid on me the next one so the next one is called march for mars and uh it's the story of uh three imperial knights uh trying to uh get off world so is this during the uh schism these are uh, these are all just original stories that uh, so this one you so it has no time frame. You could set this whenever you want. Okay, cool. And I will. Well, okay. please do. <laughs> and thank you guys for listening. Let's hop in. seats per dropship. Seventeen in the high occupancy config. That's including crew. That's not enough. It's what we have, sir. Twelve dropships? Tell everyone to double up. Sit on each other's laps if you have to. We're leaving. Sir. Hmm? What about the, uh, big guys? I think they're talking about us. He should be calling us cavalry. <laughs> I like that. Princeps, how's your mount? Quiet. What about them? We have maglocks underneath. We could haul one per dropship, but we'd have to lose the troop containers to do it. So we triple up seats. We don't have much time. Make it work. Yes, sir. The captain is tense. Test the broad spectrum data tether. Confirmed. How's that sound? Clear. Up like established. Bless the sacristans. Still, Still getting some ion feedback in my receiver. But I'm fine. Perimeters reporting contact. We're running late. Isn't the cavalry always supposed to arrive late? Princeps, what are your orders? Let's go introduce ourselves. Shit, they're fast. Over there, they're trying to flank us. Copy. 15 on the flank. On your right. I'm out, I'm out. Reload. Cops is coming. Oh, he dropped them. Hurry! Throw it! What? what The cavalry has arrived. <laughs> I think I scared them. Ugh, the swarm is massive. The great devourer moves like a starved beast. Then do not let them go hungry. Yes, yes princess. princess. All guard! Fall back to the dropships! Fall back! Leave it to the knights! Their bodies darken the horizon. Are you scared? My machine carries the torch of Mars. We do not fear. Yeah, well my mount is getting a little unruly.
like its owner. Aw, and here I thought you purged your humor when you went under the knife. Come on, we've gotta go! Who are those guys? They're Colossi. Colossi? Knights of House Colossi. You never heard of them? They're bug hunters. They chase down Tyranid fleets. They hunt those things. They're incredible. Five runners on your right. I see them, I see them. Steady, don't let a single one through. Princeps, what's your count? 20. <laughs> 28. 40. What? That's not fair, you have that cannon. You have one mouth and two guns. Maybe you should try shooting twice as much as you talk. Now he's making jokes? This is the end of the world. Princeps, to your right! Machine spirit, ready the chainsword. What? 29? Target's neutralized. Quite the mess we've made. The eyes of the Omnissiah are upon us. Don't mistake this skirmish for a blessing, Ajil. Apologies, Princeps. Aiden, go cover the north flank. Is there a problem, Princess? My mount's machine spirit is... It's resisting my commands. Your knight is a holy relic. It is a sleeper. You needn't coax it. It will wake to your orders when you need it. It's like fighting with one hand behind my back. It lost a great battle, Princeps. Its ego was bruised. It is merely recovering. I hope you're right. Captain, what is your progress? Princeps, the first dropship is up and away. And lucky me, there's no guns on this thing. What's your situation, airman? I've got four companies worth of gaunts coming from the north and south. Carnifex is two, 33 clicks out. They'll be on you in less than five minutes. There's also the issue of the sandstorm to the west. Uh, Captain? What is it? I'm spotting something big. Oh yeah, Titan-class sighted to the north. It's a Hierophant. Did he say Titan-class? How big is it? Thirteen, maybe fifteen meters. We have a short window to disembark, Captain. We can't hold back a beast that large. All dropships, begin takeoff. I think you've still got some time before they... What happened? Fire from the west, anti-air ballistic. Come hit, damage to the engine, unable to restart. What's going on up there? Pull up, damn it! This is bad. Airman, report. Come on! Come on! Airman, report. <coughs> I'm... I'm okay. What is your location? Oh, my leg. 40 clicks north. Passengers are... Oh, damn. They're, uh, they're pretty messed up. I can see the gods doubling back out my window. They're coming. Scuttle the bird, Airman. Yes, sir. The Emperor protects. 
The Tyranids aren't supposed to have that sort of firepower. They're all going to get shot out of the sky. I don't suppose you have room in one of those suits for one more. Captain, my knights Aiden and Aegeo will escort the dropships east. Fly them low as a caravan, out of range of the anti-air. You want me to walk them? It will be like the great marches on Mars. Stay at a low altitude and they won't be able to hit you. What about you? I'll head west and slay that anti-air bioform. Princeps, objection! The Tyranids will be upon us in less than five minutes. The target is four clicks away. You won't have time to make it there and back. I'll keep moving west into the sandstorm. It'll cover my escape. What about extraction? We'll figure that out later. Go. You hear that? Let's hurry before we get boxed in. Make a line. Pilots. Convoy. Knights are on point. Dropships hovering low. No sign of mortar fire. We don't hurry. We're going to be surrounded. Princeps? 2.8 clicks. They've encircled the exit point. Carnifex bilious detected. I've got the big ones. You tear a path through the swarm. Let's go. Dropships on me. The numbers aren't in your favor. Aiden, we have a problem. We've got a hundred problems. Look around. I've lost count. The Carnifex are weathering my shots. What? Is it a new strain? It appears so. Make way! Come on, you tubs. There's a hole. Faster! Already saved, for the machine is immortal. That would be a great time for you to start listening. Princess. Yes. Ajil has fallen. Confirmed. Dropships are through. I'm covering the rear. What's your status? 0.25 clicks. Contact! Bioform spotted! Tyranid anti-air has been neutralized. Begin takeoff. Princeps, we'll send a dropship to get you. Negative. Begin with extraction. I'll head west into the storm. But- Contact the Tech Priestess in orbit. Tell her that I'll draw the Tyranids to the western extraction point. March for Mars, Princeps. Hey, boy. We won't have time to load you up. I know. The Emperor protects.
Just us now. Alright. Let's do this. <laughs> the cavalry is always late. Wake up! I didn't come to this backwater world to die. I came here to pilot you, you rotten thing. The other pilots, they couldn't sync with your interface, but I promised the tech priestess I could. You're not gonna make me a liar, are you? We needed every weapon in this fight. That's what you are, you hear me? I know what happened to you. You were, you were a great machine and you lost your pilot and... Listen, I'm sorry. But I'm your new pilot, so we're gonna have to work together to get out of this, you understand? Look, if you and I are gonna make it out, we need to- Guess you can still smell me in this, hey? Activate Chainsword! Why are you fighting me? Damn it! Wake up! We're gonna die! to start. This is Tech Priestess Mary aboard the Ark Mechanicus. The eyes of the Omnissiah are upon you, Priestess. Tech Priestess! I I'm sorry, I... There's a, there's a canyon ahead, and it's full of tyranids. I... I'm detecting that your right arm has been severed. Your efficiency has dropped 33%. You will need to make up the deficit. Yes, Priestess, I, I will. I, I just... it's... My mount's machine spirit won't cooperate. As stones will burn and the flesh will decay, machines have minds of their own, Princess. Is that supposed to be comforting? It's been fighting me the whole time! I'm interfaced and it's like I'm moving with weights on! It's exhausting! I... I don't think I'll be able to reach an evacuation point. I'm... sorry. I thought... you... 
would be able to rouse its spirit. The stubborn machine doesn't want to do anything! That's not true. No? It wants to die. Trauma can wound any soul. It fought. It was wounded. It will die. Do you understand? I... I... I understand. Be merciful, princess. Carry out its final wish. It's alright. I've got you. So that is uh, was March for Mars. Oof. Oof. Did not end how I expected it. No, that was uh... very forty k. Yeah. <laughs> you mean nobody won? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, a dropship with the guardsmen that we had started to to hear crashes and they all die, and uh, every <laughs> night slowly is is whittled away and they all die. But the the one character that gets exactly what they want is the machine spirit of the princeps mount who's yeah. wanted to die. So one of the things I was interested in with, uh, with this story was kind of exploring what it's like when, first of all, when machinery doesn't do what it's supposed to, when technology isn't giving us what we need uh, and trying to respect Curse you iPhone. I'm just trying to send a text <laughs> message, but also ending really- on a way of, you know, who, who actually wins in this story is, for you know you can listen to it and you can say well the tyranids had an overwhelming victory <laughs> uh, and that's true um the uh but the the imperials were able to to make it off world predominantly and uh, the machine spirit uh, was finally able to find rest yeah so it's actually a very happy story as far as 40k goes <laughs> i would argue oh, no oh my. What, okay so what, uh, starting with you this time eric what did what did you think uh so obviously very different because there's no narrator mm-hmm. um I am I'm not made up my mind yet whether or not I prefer a narrator or not. Uh you just you get a way more complete understanding of a story with a narrator, but you lose yourself in this story. Mm-hmm. Right? You it's much more of a blindfolded movie mm-hmm. in this regard. Um and I like that. I I I like that I had to create the images that the narrator would be creating for me. Um Sometimes it, it is a little hard to understand the difference in sounds of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like there's a couple sounds that are like prevalent throughout the entire thing that you learn to recognize and you understand what they are. And others uh, you kind of have to guess at. Um, 
it definitely makes you work a lot more when you're working in this medium yeah. uh, as a listener. It's it's not the give me my entertainment, beam it into my brain. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Shove it down my throat. Yeah. This, this is more of a, an experience that you have to go through. Mm-hmm. And like I would even argue like I'd need to do this multiple times with this single thing mm-hmm. in order to f- get like a complete picture out of it. Because like out of this, like I've already created scenes in my head for some things. But as I was generating those, there were other things happening in the story that I wasn't. And th- that's one of the reasons why I like books is because you just go reread a line. Mm-hmm. You just go reread a paragraph and you don't really lose the flow of what's happening in the book. Right. But with this, like to tap back two minutes or whatever, you would lose the emotional buildup yeah. that's happening. So. It's, it's also a far uh, quicker paced story. Like relentlessly. Oh my so. God. Yes. It, and Way faster. R- was really trying to go for that as kind of a uh, homage also to, you know, on the, on the tabletop, um, the idea for, for Mars and we know I'm a Mechanicus fan and, and everything is about walking, but it's, what is a march? You think of it as a slow plotting thing that's step generally you're going to get where you're going eventually, but trying to play with that speed and that momentum um, throughout the, the entire story. It, uh, it doesn't help that I just watched Lord of the Rings, <laughs> but the music, the last March for ends kept playing in my head <laughs> every time they were like March for Mars. And then there's just like an empty landscape or an empty sound of like the wind whistling is the sandstorm. I think yeah. there is. Yeah. And then like the plodding steps of like the night, all I kept hearing was that sound like the because it's a it's the piece titled last march of the ends and that's all i could hear it's great though that you're able to connect those things and again major credit to for both of these stories to the actors uh, for being able to interact completely devoid of any relationship to yeah everyone sends their clips to you remotely yeah there's there is no discord where we all record at the same time this is there's no skype session uh we're talking we have time zones uh you know, we have Japan, we have France, we have America, UK, Canada. It's it, it is really a, a cross, you know, across the globe. We have people all submitting lines, and we we work with all levels of experience to to say, hey, you know, let's try this line again, but in a different way. And sometimes we might send the clip of another actor so they have something to respond to. But I really have to give a lot of credit to the to the actors and actresses uh, who are involved in this. Oh, for one, sure, for being able to work completely in an isolated bubble, hmm. read with the script. Uh, stage directions, feedback. Everyone was very receptive. And again, yeah. to our composer as well, who uh, has come up with some incredible themes for for the Tyranids and their march. And then it's all something that's just coherent. Yeah, right? it's a single thing that it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like you did it yeah. all disjointed pieces. It feels really well put together. That so. that that's the that's the trick to any art is make it look <laughs> like it was all natural. Trick someone into <laughs> yeah. thinking. Yeah. Mark, uh what did you think? Because you are the night collector. Yeah. The so the way I approach 40K from being it in it from such a long time, I'm always like I said on the last one, I'm always looking for like details that are not common. I don't want to hear a story about Astartes. I don't care about that. It's overplayed. It's First done. of all, how dare you? Like it's, it's 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 not cool to me. There's there's very few new ideas with this. Exactly. Like it doesn't. Um, it's not. It doesn't, doesn't mean, mean we don't like cool. our Astarte stories. No, it means that. But like, even if you look at like <laughs> no, Warhammer, we've done two Space Marine episodes because it's it's a boring topic to me at this point. Well, you have to but, talk about so, what you enjoy. Yes. Yeah. So now on to you. So you said Imperial Knights. I love Imperial Knights, mm-hmm. but your take on Imperial Knights, it. It's deeper than just giant robots. You play into that whole, I love that you play into the whole like machine spirit. Like, like lots of people don't know that it it is like piloting 
a person essentially you know it, it's ratatouille <laughs> it's someone sitting on the head pulling yeah. the hair no, it, they're, it's, they're it's not a pot- live mount just exactly. like how horses exactly. have attitudes exactly. and they'll have like dispositions and you know like just so will these mounts yeah so i i like that extra detail and it's not just you know it could have been very easy to just write a story about knights just and it's malfunctioning stuff. right like yeah you could yeah. have avoided the whole soul aspect of it yeah and i really like that detail um yeah overall it was good like eric said it's sometimes a little hard to follow if you're touched in the head <laughs> sun-kissed mark sun-kissed but no kissed overall i sun. i really enjoy it kissed by a sun kissed by the sun mm-hmm. sun yeah um kissed by rose i was the whole time we were listening to it i was waiting for whether or not you were going to include a communication from the night i was the more you talked about it and especially yeah. when he was in that moment i was waiting for it i didn't know exactly in my mind it played very differently um in my mind, it was a voice. It was an actual just digitized voice mm-hmm. saying something. And as soon as you, the tech priest was like, no, it wants to die. I was like, oh, I thought it was just going to start screaming like, kill me, kill me, kill me or something <laughs> like that. Like something horrific that the, the pilot realizes like, oh, God, like oh, God. I can't let this thing live. It's just a tortured soul. So yeah. um, I think I'd, I'd like to listen to it again. To, to pick out like that aspect of a tortured soul in it. Cause that's what I'm looking for mm-hmm. when I found that out. Yeah. Um, I well, wanted to pick that out, but it just, it moves so quickly for me and I like to take things a little slower. So, but I'd like to listen to it again personally. All right. Press play. Press play. And we'll <laughs> All right, guys, here's another second, 20 minutes. Second take. Um, yeah. during, um, during the recording, actually, Eric, you, you started nodding when, um, uh, Ajil Lancet, the uh, female night pilot, uh, starts hauling ass and just wrecking stuff. And, yeah. and one of the the favorite uh, parts for me actually is uh, 40K is also stuck in this regressive time period where things are not advancing. And we've talked uh, a bit on the podcast about how we feel where the story is going, how things are developing. For me as a, as a listener and as a fan of 40K, it's stories like this that I would like to see more out of Games Workshop where when I was thinking of the, the Carnifex and it's shrugging off shots from from her cannon i'm like this is you're you've been fighting the tyranids for hundreds of years yes thousands yeah no well, well maybe when was the first uh first isn't it m40 this is like we're in m42 at this oh, I point guess. yeah 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 and so yeah. if this night house of colossi has been chasing them yeah hunting them like a safari yeah uh a safari it's it's not difficult crikey this one's got a big tusk on it eh? (laughs) i think it wouldn't be unreasonable to think that the the hive mind would realize that this is a predator against it and have to adapt and change against something that's coming yeah that's a very cool point so it's well first contact would be really cool and this is kind of like a second first contact what you're talking about yeah like it's something that you should know you should know what's going on and all of a sudden you're thrown the curveball in it like what like that should happen all the time in war well i argue that also makes good conflict in stories where for sure you know they're they're saying okay we're gonna load up it starts off we don't have enough room Okay, so let's actually um, get, you know, double up, triple up, let's fly out of here. That doesn't work because there's anti-air uh, evolutions. So that goes down. Cool. We're marching. Well, now we're getting cut off and we lost our princeps who has to go kill the anti-air. And I guess part of the one that 
in the art of creating is you have to be really good at just throwing curveballs and just making your characters' lives miserable and just keep giving them difficult things. Yeah. The yeah. problem with we, 40k is it's hard to find that release at the end where they get what they want <laughs> uh, because you keep throwing curveballs at them. And, and oh, in 40k, I don't want to, anyone to get what they want yeah. in 40k. Yeah. Like I want, I want the most vicious, the most cunning, the the most sadistic, and like the most like ruthless person to get what they want because mm-hmm. that is the only kind of person in 40k who's like victorious mm-hmm. yeah the one who's willing to cast aside any kind of morals like like a guy who would fight that machine spirit and continue fighting in it that's the kind of guy who quote quote unquote wins in 40k not the guy who's like no i understand uh, like we'll die together mm-hmm. that's the kind of guy who like has a moral victory but loses in the end right and that's like a guy like that cannot have a real victory, mm-hmm. right? Because honor always fails before viciousness and evil. Mm-hmm. So, uh, between the two stories, um, was there any final thoughts or anything that you you kind of pulled out that you you uh, enjoyed or things that you'd like to see more of? I know Eric, you were mentioning a little bit of the narrative structure and how it, both are very different and how yes. they're presented. So I think that you'd be looking for more of a blend of that. Uh, personally, I prefer the sixty six B. Okay. Um, but sorry, I just want to say that the one captain guy you had mm-hmm. in uh, March for Mars, <laughs> uh, he needs to narrate a story. Like, just be a narrator. And it needs to be done in present tense, mm-hmm. not past tense. You write a story, present tense, and like all his sentences are less than like eight words. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you, you literally get him to like set a stage, and then you have a dialogue and sound. And uh, I'm picturing it in my head, and it's perfect. Do you have a crush? A little Holy bit. <laughs> did, did you have a favorite character? Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I like it all. I'm a lover. I liked the Inquisitor. I liked sure. the, I liked the the sure. little tidbits you threw with the Inquisitor about fact that um, his cloak was formless. He had no iconography on him. Didn't know where he was from. He was a psyker. He, well, he, yes, and that's through the foggy mind that I was just about to get to. Like he ah, fogged his mind. Spoiled it for his him. eyes. Like, but his eyes also burned into his memory. Like I, I really liked that touch of it. So, yeah, it was, I have only praise for what has happened here. <laughs> so can I thank you? <laughs> what has happened here? Can today? I tell you about? What, can I tell uh, you guys about what's coming next? Absolutely. Yes. So um, shortly after hearing uh, hearing this podcast, um, well, you'll also be able to hop online to Cold Open Stories to because uh, you have your own Instagram page. Uh, yeah, and all, all website, the so- all the socials. Yeah, and website yeah. Uh, www.coldopenstories.com. Um, what you'll be able to do is you know engage with other people who are listening to these. Uh, hopefully, find your future uh, acting partners or even other writers. We are soliciting people to submit story hooks, or, or we are also wor- open to working and developing full scripts uh, with submissions which would be really cool um but so the next uh, shortly after you hear this we will be doing our casting call three uh which will be taking place over the the summer and what that is is it is a uh, adepta sororitas story um just in time for their plastic release hey almost like this was planned <laughs> hmm. uh but it, it does involve a does uh, mean we're getting more nights no, Mark. No. Son of a bitch. Heads. You can't be content <laughs> with what you have. Flipping the table. Uh, we, we do have a uh, Sisters of uh, Battle story uh, that we'll be doing a casting call. Cool. Um, Written by you? Uh, yes, this one is. But we'd like to be able to include some other writers in the all future right. and Sweet. get some other voices in. Call them all ladies. Just give me your phone number. I'll hook you up with Colin, but you got to go through me first. All ladies. No, no, no. Do you not remember um, that Sisters of Battle episode we did where we... Oh, we know some ladies. It's us. 
Oh, <laughs> I do remember that actually. Yeah, oh, you're not. You are. I uh, know that is not. <laughs> damn it. Yeah. I thought I nailed it. Personally. We did. We did. Yeah. <laughs> so a uh, cool sisters of battle one. Yeah, that'd be cool. And uh, we'll just leave their uh, their obstacle uh, oblique until the casting call. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so it'll be a little bit of a surprise of what they're up against. Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's Grey Knights murdering them to use their blood <laughs> to purify, purify their armor. Oh, my God. Uh, no, but the, the clue that I will give is uh, murder. And the thing <laughs> is a very... Death? What? <laughs> Not in this galaxy, please. Yeah, so Cool. Thank you guys uh, for taking the time to listen, and thank you to the listeners for uh, for taking a ride uh, on this episode. No, yeah. thanks for uh, doing what you can to enrich this yeah, universe. And, and on that note, like, so me and Eric, we take care of the podcast run, but Colin, you've been killing it with our Facebook, our Instagram. Like, you're doing these daily posts all the time. Um, and everyone seems to just really be loving them. Oh, yeah, no. It, it, People like, love you more than they love us. Oh, That's, sure. It's very sure. obvious. <laughs> but, yeah, like, uh, go check out, like, our Facebook page or our Instagram because Colin will just do a sweet picture, like, one paragraph. You read through it in, you know, 30 seconds. But you just And you get a flavor of yeah, that, it, and, that thing. And it's not, yeah, it just, you get to learn a little bit every day. You don't have to go looking for it, you know. You don't have to listen to a four-hour podcast yeah. to listen to us talk about folding paper. But, Although that is that is uh, saved in the feed of uh, the streets of Kamara, uh, uh, or uh, uh, how the uh, urban planning went. But uh, oh my no, like, it, 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 the thing I love the most about all of this is the capacity for community building. So whether it's you have the daily lore posts on uh, Facebook and Instagram, or the community spotlights that we've just started, where we're yes. showing off yeah. people's models and like the scenes that they are setting. Uh, same with the audio drama and cold open stories, is being able to say we all love this universe. Uh, let's all find ways to enrich it and participate in it and make something new i'm a little ashamed that i can't tell you who did this because i can't remember for the life of me but i recently i <laughs> uh, was just flipping through my facebook and i saw this one battle group and uh it was just a picture of a single like eldar ranger model in like this big thing i was like oh what's this and i saw this wall of text and i just figured i'd start reading it and they like wrote like a two-page story and at the end of it, it was like, um, it was just the startup for their battle together. So it was this Eldar Ranger. She like walked through this portal trying to find this thing. And turns out the Astartes were already there. And there's just, it was just the preamble to like this battle that these guys just played out on this table. Yeah. And like, I love that stuff. Like, like I love the narrative aspect that we can all contribute to yeah. and create. Yeah. So get involved. You yes. Know? Like, please fo follow Lorehammer. It doesn't matter if you're an amateur or not. Yeah. Like, especially like message Colin and get your voice out there because it's cool. He'll just. Yeah. And if your voice sounds absolute like crap, then he'll just warble it and it'll sound like a demon. He'll send it my way. I got a project going on. I'll use your voice. No, don't, you worry. don't let him do that. <laughs> it's actually Make sure you worry. Or a soundboard. Uh, I love Primaris. <laughs> that's and right. You are. No. That's so. Uh, again, thank you guys. Uh, Cold Open Stories, Lorehammer. It's great to be uh, sitting in with you guys, sharing these, and hopefully some people will uh, uh, enjoy this bonus episode and uh, you know join us online. Yeah, thanks for giving us the exclusive rights to and money that any of your Cold Open Stories makes. Actually, that's, Lorehammer appreciates it. I, 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 we'll I, see you all later. Thanks for listening. <laughs> huh. I just got mugged. <laughs> thank you, everyone.
Echo of Satellite 66B was written and directed by Colin DeGraff, with music composed by Robert Renato Hack. It starred Colin DeGraff, Carl Willers, Omar Negron, and Brandon Richards. Cameos by Eric and Mark from Lorehammer, John, Dave, and Danny from Mob Rules, and Mark from The Battle House. March for Mars was written and directed by Colin DeGraff, with music composed by Robert Renato Hack. It starred PJ Canis, Aurora Gauther, Derek Hard, William Wells, Bradley Holmes, Fia Asmal, Stephen Jeffers, Jack Lee, and Brock Burgum. <laughs>